Welcome back to Real Estate Reality, the chaos that nobody ever told you about in real estate. I'm Sean McGowan from North Point Bank. I'm Holly Bellucci with Homes with Holly at Rise Real Estate Consultants. So here we are, Sean, a few weeks later. We had some technical difficulties, but we're back at it. So what's been going on? Crazy real estate world. Lots of deals, lots of craziness, you know, the typical headaches that we all run into in the industry. I almost don't really want to hear about it because for a week of your craziness, you were in Naples, Florida while I was here in New England. You know working. our business. It never stops. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't stop, but it's warmer. It's sunny in Naples. We did get our hardest loan ever closed this week, so <sighs> thankfully that's done. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Parrots. <laughs> Psychics, crazy, crazy things Matt we can't even talk out. about. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this week there's been a whole bunch going on in the real estate world with Zillow, and everyone knows Zillow. They've done an amazing job building this marketing website that everybody goes to when they want to rent or sell. But inside the real estate world, everybody knows. Zillow, their estimates are not always accurate. So, not um, ever accurate. Yeah, the A in Zillow stands for accurate. Um, but it's not just Zillow. It's all of these real estate conglomerates that are trying to corner the market and get rid of the real people doing the work, like you and I. Right. You know, I think you know somebody posted something on Facebook, and it was a pretty good quote. It was um, how an alg- how an algorithm can't really replace a realtor. Yeah. You know it. The skill, experience that you have over the years, you know, can't be replaced by somebody in a computer terminal in Phoenix, Arizona, or wherever the heck they are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, what Zillow and Red Door and Redfin and those kind of cloud brokerages were trying to do was be one-stop shop. They wanted to buy real estate, sell real estate, mortgage purchases they wanted to do it all and they were trying to get rid of all of us and it kind of came back to bite them in the ass over the past couple of weeks right so what what really happened with Zillow you know everybody saw they had their 25% dip in their stock you know the investor the investor like me of the world but um, they, what really drove that so what Zillow was doing was everybody goes online so they were looking at everyone's data that they were putting in, whether you were actually going to buy a house or you were just being nosy. If you live in 12345 zip code and you wanted to move to 678910 zip code, they were gathering that information. So all those people going from one place to another and spending X. Well, when they saw that a lot of people were doing the same thing, they collected that information. They decided they were going to try to be smart. And for example, they'd go in and buy seven houses at $400,000. And they would just go up to people who didn't have houses for sale and say, hey, we want to buy your house. You don't have to put it on the market. You don't have to show it. You don't have to do anything. We're going to buy it for $400,000. That may have been slightly under market value, but it was a convenience factor. It's way easier when someone wants to buy it from you. So they buy six or seven houses at that price. And then the seventh or eighth house They buy a house for $440,000. Same kind of house, same zip code, $40,000 more. Why did they do that? Manipulate the market. Well, they were manipulating the market by creating their own comps. So all of those houses that they bought for undervalue, now they buy one at a higher value. Everything that they go to sell, those 70 other houses that they bought at low value, 
now they have a reason for someone coming in that has to get a mortgage to pay $40,000 more, maybe more if they slap a coat of paint on it and, you know, change the decor a little bit. Now it's been remodeled and they get a higher value. So. And what made them get out of this just recently? You know, why did, why the change on their part? Well, they were having a hard time getting contractors to abide by their rules. So they really tried to control every aspect of a sale. So in most states, not all states, but most states have a standard contract, even in Massachusetts where forever attorneys were writing up the purchase and sales contract. Now they even have a standard contract that everyone's resistant to use, but right. you know, you can. Um, they have the Zillow contract and everybody had to use the Zillow contract for this sale. And they have their own mortgage company. So they have their own appraisers on their list of, you know, for lenders. So they just tried to control everything to manipulate the market. Well, the contractors were smart and they said, we're not playing by your rules because they're independent contractors. They wanna play by their own rules. So they stood up to them, they couldn't do it. They couldn't get the work done. And it didn't work out quite the way they wanted to. And they lost money. I'm yeah. Assuming. Yeah, they lost, I think it was like, I don't know, a, a quarter of a billion dollars or something like that. It was some ridiculous number that they lost. They had to lay off 25% of their workforce, and it just didn't work. But that's what happens when you try to automate everything. I mean, you know as well as I do, self-checkout lanes at Target drive me insane. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah, you need the girl every time anyway. Might as well yeah. have her ring it out. <laughs> I was just at Stop and Shop tonight, and I was getting like five or six things, and I begrudgingly went to the self-checkout line, and the woman in front of me was scanning things but not putting them in the bag fast enough so the bag wasn't being weighed, and she had to keep calling people over, and I was trying to be patient, trying so hard to be patient. But I wanted to say, just use the register with a person. <laughs> it's the same thing. Which is exactly that, you know. It's difficult to find a company with an algorithm that can replace years of experience in our industry, whether it be from my side or yours. And, yeah. you know, it, it's a position where greed tried to eliminate a you know, whole field. So from a real estate agent standpoint, if I have someone that doesn't have a loan officer that I can talk to, I have a nightmare deal right now. And this loan officer... They're a local lender. I don't I don't know what this guy is doing, but he doesn't answer emails, doesn't answer phone calls, doesn't doesn't give anybody answers on anything. Um that's what you get when you get these out of state, you know, big huge companies that don't really know what's going on. You can't get questions answered. It's just a disaster. And algorithms, they're not looking at a house. They're looking at you know, public records and they're kind of looking at you know, all the sales. They're not looking at apples to apples to come up with these numbers. It's it's really silliness. Um, and it's gonna come back to bite you in the butt, just just like it did with Zillow. But all these other companies that are popping up that are trying to compete, it's the same kind of thing. Right, I know in the mortgage world, we all fear that Amazon's gonna get in the mortgage someday. Yep, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Will that actually eliminate the loan officer? And I don't think it ever will. There has to be a personal touch. You know, they're, you oh, have your I millennials. don't know, though. If you're a Prime member, if you could close in, like, 48 hours. <laughs> At Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> and you could change your mind and return your house at Kohl's. That'd be awesome. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> well, 
It's like I might be out of work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, let's face it. We've all, I've sat with plenty of clients that say, I can stick a sign in the house, in the front lawn and I can do it myself. But, you know, I have, I have a client right now that wants to put in an offer on a house that's probably $150,000 over where it should be priced. Which is a reason you wouldn't use Zillow because that professional's not there to tell you right. you're overpaying for this property. Right. And that's that's the whole thing. You can't have a conversation. You can't say to anyone, how did you come up with this price? They're not going to have an answer for you. And it's actually a hard position for me to be in with my client because how can I in good conscience tell them to put in an offer at the listing price, which is what everybody's doing in this market? I can't justify it. And then if it doesn't appraise, where are we? Where are we with this? No one had that conversation with the seller that says, I'll list it for whatever you want because, like I say, I'm just the Uber driver. I'll get you to the closing table. You just tell me where we need to go. Yeah, of course I want to list it way higher. Everybody makes more money, but there has to be a science behind it. Exactly. And that's you know where this personal touch is missing with these services. You know, we've also dealt with, I've dealt with OpCity, I've dealt with um, Realtor.com, some of the other services. You know, I have uh, another transaction going on right now, and I hear every day from the, the realtor I'm working with complaining about how she's getting paid <laughs> 1% from Realtor.com. Or is it Redfin? I'm sorry. Yeah, Redfin. Redfin will do it. There's a, there's a couple of them that charge, like, you know, from a realtor standpoint. So in chapter one of my life, I was in medicine. And we all used to complain about Medicare reimbursements. And we all used to say the dentists did it right. The dentists never signed up to accept Medicare because they banded together and said, nope, we're not doing this. We're going to charge what we want. And the dentists have stood firm this whole time. And it's kind of like that with real estate. We have to stand up against these people that are trying to force us to take cut rate services. And the 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 general public needs to stand up and say, oh, wow, yeah, they might have a good website and they might have good commercials and I might be able to go there and find the information, but that's a backup source. That's the challenge is that, you know, we both deal with millennials constantly in our business and... Are you saying I'm not a millennial? Neither one of us are. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sean, you just burst my bubble all the time. <laughs> These millennials... <laughs> changing the subject <laughs> they don't want any personal interaction you know i deal with clients constantly they're in their 20s and 30s and i've closed loans without a conversation through text and absolutely it's more of a they would rather be at two o'clock in the morning on zillow.com than talking to you at two o'clock in the afternoon about a piece of real estate you know, how do you overcome those type of situations where these people would actually probably rather use zillow even though it's in an exact science it's poorly done so I think, I think it's a balance. I think it's a good, it's a balancing act. There are tools on Zillow. It's super easy to go on and plug in a location and see what's for sale because now they just pull everything off MLS. So it's easy to find the information. And at two in the morning, not everybody's awake. So they're bar hopping and waiting for a drink to come and they're on Zillow looking at houses, showing it to all their friends. It's a great tool. It's also great, you know, I believe they still do this. There used to be a way to pull up all the open houses in your area for the weekend. Yes. So if you're looking, yeah. So if you're looking at houses, it's easy to see 
you know, here's where I can go. I can go here at 11, 11, 15, 11, 30 and schedule your day. And I think that's fine. Absolutely fine. But when it comes down to the nuts and bolts, I, I tell everyone the same thing. You can text me at two o'clock in the morning. If I'm awake, I'll answer you. If not, my phone's not going to wake me up, but I'll answer you in the morning. So with the millennials, I guess I'm going to admit that I'm not a millennial. What are we, Gen X? I don't know what we are. I think we are Gen X. Yeah, there, there was a there was a Facebook meme about how Gen X was the least parented generation of all of them. <laughs> so this anyway. will make Holly feel better. Full disclosure, she's five years younger than I am. <laughs> it's still the same generation. We still talk about the same aggravating things. Our oh, kids are about the same age. They are. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's a balancing act. I think I have to not get aggravated if somebody texts me at 2 in the morning. That's why we have Do Not Disturb, and I have to be willing to answer it. You also have to just take with a grain of salt that that generation is who's buying houses, and they are the generation of immediate satisfaction. But they don't really want to talk to me. They don't. They don't want to come to my office. They don't want to meet me at Starbucks. They want to. Sh- they want me to show them a house, write up an offer, send it to me an email, shoot me a text, and I'm good. And I just kind of had to get used to that. Right. I struggle with that. You know, it's and you know it from our communications where up until about three o'clock in the afternoon, I'll text you back. <laughs> but at a certain point, when I look at my phone and I'm you know 200 texts in for the day, <laughs> I'm done texting. Well, that's where you and I differ, though. My text messages are my to-do list. So I can I can have text messages all day long and then at the end of the day go back and see what I need to do, what I need to plug into my calendar and whatnot. I understand. <laughs> it's just my old side getting in the way. <laughs> you act like you're 80. 51 with back problems. <laughs> that's just stupid, man. I... Full disclosure, uh, the jury's out on whether this is a man boo-boo or an actual boo-boo. I haven't confirmed this with his wife yet. I'm not sure. My wife would say it's a man boo-boo. I've never given birth, so I don't know what pain really is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So how do you deal with, I'm sure you get calls from people that say, I found this house on Zillow. I want to put in an offer. Can you give me a pre-approval? How do you deal with it from your end? So as loan officers, if we have Zillow reviews, you know, clients who have reviewed us on their website, they will send us leads occasionally. Um, they're unsolicited. They will come out. And in general, I try to send them a text immediately just saying, hey, can we connect by phone? Usually the response is, let's just go by text or email. And, um, you know, as somebody in my generation, I find it frustrating, but it's the way business is done. Um, you know, so you'll deal with the client directly, and everything is set up now from our side to deal with that particular client. We have online applications, we have secure upload features for documentation. If the client truly doesn't want to have a conversation or doesn't want to deal with us, we can do that. It's an impersonal touch, and I find with those type of clients, it leads to issues. Really? Because haven't had those casual conversations. Hey, here's what I'm really looking to do. Yep. I want to get $20,000 back in this refinance. You know, those type of conversations never happen because I don't, it's a personal touch where I can tell by talking to a client, like they have a goal. Maybe yep. they're into, they want to fix their kitchen. They want to pay their credit cards off, whatever it might be. And when that personal touch is in there, I don't really get a chance to learn those things. And you know, then goals are missed. Yeah. And, you know, that can be frustrating. And then they'll get to the closing table and they'll, be frustrated with a figure 
And, you know, it's something that, you know, if we just had a five minute conversation up front, we could have had that you know, taken care of. Yeah. And on one side, it's, you know, easy. You didn't tell me this. I'm not a mind reader. But on the other side, if you had talked to me, I could have done it. Right. I think that's probably the problem with our generation. We want to give everybody the best service we can by learning as much as we can about it. And the generation that's buying houses now, they just want it done fast. And you know from dealing with me, I'm not one of those people that just, like, lets crap slide. No. I like to... <laughs> If, you, if I get a call, I like to hit it immediately. Yeah. I like to get the answers. You know, I like to have no BS. Yep. Um, you know, when I have deals that are hard or aren't going on, I, I lose sleep over it. You know, to, my, my boss, Zach, will tell you I take my job too personally. Yep. And I think that's what makes me good at my job. But those type of things don't happen in the, you know, the text conversations. And, you know, you just, you're losing that substance, I think. Yep. So our, the client that you and I met on, so this client, great kid such a nice kid but he wanted this house with an indoor pool so badly <laughs> it was it was a foreclosure it had mold everywhere and it had a giant indoor pool and he just wasn't ready financially he wasn't ready to buy it and he had to you know work on some things and Sean worked with him for probably about a year about a year yeah it was about a year and we finally got him a house a little over a year ago now um, and he, he actually just texted me earlier today. He's looking at another property, a commercial property. Um, but you were not willing to give up on that one. And at one point, like I could, just couldn't show him properties anymore because right. we knew we couldn't finance him. But we both kept in touch with him. You kept working with him every time something changed. He was also very good about reaching out to us, too. He was. Yeah. So, but you don't get <laughs> You don't give up. I don't give up to a fault sometimes in that, <laughs> for instance, I have a deal going on right now with another realtor and he's completely frustrated He's with cheating me. on me. I would just, everyone take note of this. He's cheating on me. I'm cheating on Holly. <laughs> <laughs> and the deal is extremely difficult. We're trying to get it closed and the frustration level, I can feel him over the phone when he's talking to me completely frustrated. The buyer or the agent? The agent. And... It's a difficult position because yeah, I will fight a deal to a bitter end. And, you know, sometimes it's a positive and a negative in that sometimes you look like a hero when that deal gets done. But when you fight that deal to the bitter end, you can be the bad guy at the end, too, because customers frustrated. They've sent a pile of paperwork. You've gone back and forth for weeks and it doesn't happen. And But this is exactly what these conglomerates won't do. No, they won't. It's it's black and white. It's dead or it's not. And you keep going or you're done and, and that's it. They won't fight. They won't educate the client. This is what we need to do to get you what you want. But this is why you and I have repeat business too. Right. And I, I think that that's a huge point in that, you know, clients aren't cookie cutter. No. You know, the gentleman we talked about, we just closed last week. He was far from cookie cutter. Um, you know, needed his hand held the whole way. Had Holly's about to laugh. I'm I'm just you have you have no idea. I wish I could say more because you have no idea how ironic that that line is for Sean to be saying it. Cookie cutter is not where I was going. No, he is a um, he's a very charismatic eccentric maybe would be client and it required a ton of work, a ton of hand holding, ton of extra paperwork. Midway through the process we went from one type of loan to another. 
Yep. And, you know, we got the deal done. That's, in the end, that's the ultimate goal. But it's, uh, this particular client is a perfect example of why he wouldn't fit into Zillow. You know, he's not cookie cutter. He would have lost his mind. This is the type of gentleman who would show up at the office because he wasn't technologically savvy enough to actually be signed a document. But the other thing about that deal was we needed the whole team of everyone involved to be on the same page and communicating all the time so that we could get this done. The buyer side, the seller side, the attorneys, we were all in communication the whole time to get it done, but that never would have worked. And that's another you know, point with these algorithms. That I think team is an important thing. And you know, I have a, a realtor who puts on his email, teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. And you know, while it, it might be a silly analogy, it, it's true. Yeah. You know, this particular deal, we had your, myself, you, we had you know, a very good attorney involved that you know, kind of kept our client in the straight and narrow. Yeah. And, you know, without the three of us, this wasn't happening. But either the, uh, even the other agent, so this client was selling a house, buying a house. And so we had another seller and another buyer. So three parties buying and selling, three different agents involved, different attorneys involved. And we all had to be in communication. There were lots of moving parts on this. Algorithm's not going to make that happen. No, no, never, ever, ever. And even we had one, it was actually a positive surprise but we had one surprise thrown at me and sean that we definitely didn't expect and it worked in our favor but um and definitely in the buyer's favor but uh you know all those automated everything that you can do sometimes you still get thrown a curveball and then if it needs to be fixed how do you fix it but if it's good you just say hey congratulations exactly so i think the stuff we hit tonight is things that really define why you wouldn't want to deal with a, an algorithm-based service in order to purchase a home. Yeah, and because everyone knows Zillow, they need to know what's going on behind the scenes. Why would they do this? What are they getting out of it? This is what they're getting out of it. There's always a bigger plan. Absolutely. You know, it's not to say that we're not in it for, for money. We are. We both work in commission, but these multi- national companies like this are in it for total greed well and i think that when they start out small you know zillow was mostly rentals and then they were for sale and then they were mortgages and then they were buying and selling houses it's always a stepping stone right and you know full disclosure holly and i have actually purchased leads from zillow there's yeah there is some value to some of their services well it was very different when it first started too you know, they were actually legitimate leads that they would send us, people who were looking for houses that were just starting and they needed a pre-approval and they needed to figure out how to see a house. It was funny. I always had that fear when we were doing that lead service that they were taking what we did and sticking it into some sort of database and then marketing those those folks to find to steal the business from us. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. I never understood how Zillow could sell 300% of something. <laughs> How, how do you have 300% of so you have 100% where does the other extra 200 come from it's That's another cool. algorithm good question my daughter Lauren could tell you that one she's in college she can figure it out for us <laughs> send, send it on <laughs> more to her <laughs> so if anybody has any questions please send us an email we'd love to answer some questions next time we do the, a podcast our email address is reality with Sean and Holly at gmail.com 
Yep, and that's Sean, S-E-A-N, and Holly, no I, no E, H-O-L-L-Y. And anything real estate-based, you know, we're happy to answer it and go from there. Um, on our next broadcast, we're going to have Rick Lima from LaPointe Insurance, and I'm sure he'll have some crazy stories for us, more of the chaos in real estate. Yeah, and send us your crazy stories. What happened when you were buying a house, selling a house, something you found out down the road? Um, we always we always love those stories, and we'll give, them, give you our opinion on them, too. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next time. See you in a couple of weeks, everybody. So to keep up with all of the real estate chaos with me and Sean, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Spotify and Apple Podcast. That's Real Estate Reality, the chaos nobody told you about in real estate. We'll see you all soon.